everybody. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports episode. Ron Guidry, Brian Savage, Warren Cromarty, and two great knuckleballers, Charlie Huff and Tim Wakefield. Wow. Number 49, episode 49, Garon Neuf. Brought to you by John Vassos, the mortgage specialist. John and his team will get you the best mortgage rate with the best terms to suit your needs. John does not work for the banks. Can you imagine that? Just a real stuffy job that would be. My apologies to all you bank workers. Uh, John works for you, and he has hundreds of lenders to choose from and will negotiate with them on your behalf. It's called independent mortgage. So call and text John Vassos now. 647-533-1440, 647-533-1440. Today on the show, a former NBA MVP is brought to tears, and I cried as well after he scored a career-high 50 points. What a great story this is about Derrick Rose. The Raptors have to decide what to do with Kawhi Leonard on the upcoming road trip. Do, do we play him in back-to-back games? Do we not let him travel to Utah, stay in California, maybe go home to San Diego, spend a few days on the beach? And then go back to rainy Toronto. Is that the way to keep a guy? I don't know. (laughs) Another three-point record in the NBA broken this week. We'll talk about that in a sec. The Jays may go after some potential free agents. I'll list the free agents that they could potentially go after. Potentially go after (laughs) free agency. And we'll get to the Leafs' problems in a second. If, in fact, they're real problems or just little bumps in the road. Let's begin, though, with some trivia. Clay Thompson set a record on Monday draining 14 14 three-pointers in one game in a win over the Chicago Bulls. Tell me the player whose 267 three-pointers in a season was a record that stood for 10 years. Now, remember all the great three-point shooters. This guy's record of 267 in a season lasted for 10 years. The current record, by the way, is held by Steph Curry, 402, which is ridiculous. But this guy... He's ridiculous. (laughs) You know, 267 three-pointers was a record that lasted for 10 years in an era where guys were just jacking up threes from all over the place. We'll have the answer uh, and the story behind it as well coming up. The Maple Leafs looked rather ordinary, or did they last night? Look at the score sheet and go, I 2-1. Dallas, didn't they kick the crap out of them 7-4 when they had Austin Matthews? Yes, they did. But this is a different Toronto Maple Leaf team without Austin Matthews and without William Nylander, the, you know, who account for what? They could score 70 goals between them if they think about that. At the beginning of the year, if Nylander was playing, you'd say 70 goals for these two guys. Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, so, so far, none from Nylander, who's still in Austria. I'm sure his teammates are texting him going, hey, Willie, come on, sign already, buddy. Um, Anyway, they lose 2-1 to Dallas. So in their eight home games this year, the Leafs have allowed the first goal of the game in seven of them. So you take the crowd out of the game, if in fact the crowd is a big part of where Toronto is probably the least when it comes to home ice advantage, right? Leaf fans are, you know, notorious for sitting on their hands. But hey, you don't, you you, you let the opposition score in seven uh, of the first eight games, the first goal, you take the crowd right out of it. You take the energy out of your own team as well. And now I understand with all the new stats available, and there are new stats available every day, stats that have never been uh, uh, unearthed before. Right. And here's one of them. The Leafs' inability to score in the first two periods at home. Okay? Apparently, this is the... uh, And I don't know where they get this. But if the Leafs don't score in the first two periods of their next home game, it'll be a record for futility dating back to the days of seven-on-seven hockey and tube skates, apparently. But that, yeah, because that's tough to do. That'd be Apparently, like six games. Not but, scoring in the first two yeah. periods. And of course, you know what happens when you're on the road and you have the one goal lead. You change your style of play. You don't go for that second goal. You just clamp down and you, you play that defensive 
choke them out style. Point, you want your point on the road? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you, you sit on you, on the road. You'll sit on a one nothing lead and you'll play defensive, and it really does stifle our uh, our offense. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because the other night that happened between the Ducks and the Flyers, where the Ducks were like nursing a lead and all that, and then the Flyers boom tied it and then and then scored the winner. Like seconds later, no, the Ducks took the lead, and then the Flyers came right back. That's right. The game was uh, the, the 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 Ducks tied it, and they were all excited that they tied it. They came back. They looked dead. Yeah. And then like sec- eighteen seconds later, the Flyers scored. Right. Because the they turned the switch in to regula- offense, but again. in regulation. Oh, so yeah. so the Ducks got zero points. They right. got not. They're playing. Oh, yeah. They're playing for like at least a point or whatever. Nice. Anyway. Anyways, <laughs> I digress. So what? So so here's the thing with the Leafs. Yeah. The effort was there. Yeah. The chances were there. Lots of chances. On one shift, both Marner and Tavares whiffed. And the puck just wasn't bouncing their way. In the last two games, twice, they thought they thought they had scored a goal. Yeah. They the crowd had gone crazy. The player <laughs> had lifted his arms. The announcer had gone, he scores. And the puck ended up in the side of the net, the side netting there. At least this time they did Sportsnet didn't put up the goal graphic this time. This <laughs> the last time, yeah, because I mean they're cheering. Hyman was celebrating the goal, the crowd's going nuts. The goal icon was at the top of whatever's called the cryon. And then they're like, wait a minute, they're they're playing on. And did I'm the like, light go on? Did the horn go off? I'm pretty, did all oh, those other the things? horn yes, the light and yeah. the horn went off that first that Hyman goal. Yeah. Oh, by the way, count. by the way, I'm reading something. Yeah. I'm trying to think where it was. <laughs> I'm reading something that talks about Oh, it was in the John the new Johnny Bauer book. Uh, by Dan Robson. So I'm reading this passage of it in The Athletic. And um, he talks about the last time the Leafs scored and the, uh, how the, the last play came and how Alan Stanley got the puck to Red Kelly, who got the puck to Bob Pulford, who got it up on the wing to Armstrong. Yes. He's going to an empty net. He scores. And then the next line was something like, when the final horn sounded, and I said, hmm, there was no horn at Maple Leaf Gardens back in those days. It was a bell. It wasn't a really loud bell at all. Oh, yeah? It was kind of a bell that went off, right? I didn't know that. And there goes the bell, and the game is over. It wasn't a horn. It wasn't a, a siren like at the Montreal Forum. Woo! That was a very foreign sound to Toronto Maple Leaf fans because at the gardens, it was a bell. Like that. It was a bell. So when I read that, I kind of went, oh, you know, he, he wasn't there. Right. Or he would have known that it wasn't a <laughs> horn back in those days. It wasn't the horn didn't go off. No, no, no horn went off when the goal was scored. Do you the know when the horn made up. its uh, Toronto debut? I'm going to say the horn made its debut. Uh, I'm going to say in the um, '80s. So my memories start for this at about like '83 or so. Like I'm at my first Maple Leaf Gardens yeah. game, and I cannot remember what I heard. <laughs> if the, that awful Leafs team did manage to score, I can't remember what I heard. But oh no, no, no. When when the goal was scored, you mean oh. you mean the horn when the goal was scored? Yeah. Oh no, that's since the Air Canada Center. Okay, that's since that's the since Air the Air Canada Center. Right. Yeah, that's 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 a '90s, uh, early 2000s. A '90s phenomenon. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so. so what did we do? So we hit two posts. We hit one cro- one and a half crossbars. <laughs> uh, two shots that we thought were in weren't. The puck bouncing over seven or eight sticks. Tavares missing an empty netter. I mean, so it's one of those things. They're, they're snake bit. It's okay. The, the effort was the effort against Calgary wasn't there. The effort last night was there. So you know, it's one of those things. You know, chalk it up to uh, to just you know bad bounces. And if you want to pick on the coach, you can do that as well, because after the Leafs cut the Dallas lead uh, to two to one in the third, Babcock put out Zach Hyman, Par Lindholm, and Connor Brown with Ron Hainsey on defense. And the chirpers in the press box were tweeting out stuff like, oh, what the hell is Babcock doing? Right. What's he doing out there? What's he put? Uh, you just came within one goal. You've got a chance to, you know, put your big guys out there. What is he doing? So, um, and I guess it's justified because, you know, and I told you before, and Babcock's the same. At the beginning of the year, I'm sure he said, look, guys, we're going to lose 20, 25. We're going to lose a whack of games this year. 
How we're going to lose them, we don't know. We could get outshot 7-6. We could get... But, you know, cases like this where we're trying, we're giving it the effort, and, and the combination of the other team's goalie stoning us and us pucks bouncing over our sticks is just, you know, a string of bad luck because what will happen in the next game is they'll have 18 shots on goal and they'll score six goals. Right. Three of them will go in off skates or defenders' asses or something like that. It all ends up working itself out. Um, so you watched the game. I did. Most of it, yeah. Okay. So um, no Austin Matthews, no William Nylander. All right. Is there any reason to think that the Leafs might might change their offer to William Nylander? I would hope not. Like I would hope that the strategy would not be so reactive. Well, you're tough. But, uh, you're tough. I, I would hope not. Yeah, this is a, a kind of a very small little patch of. You're right. It's kind of frustrating that we haven't scored in the first two periods at home in five games or something. Which is, you know, like you said, yeah. that's never happened. Yeah. But I would hate to think the long term strategy would now be modified by Kyle Dubas because of the short-term drought. I would hate to think so. I right. think they see bigger vision than that. How about the kids that uh, for Halloween dressed up one as uh, Kyle Dubas and the other as William Nylander signing the contract? Oh, that's great. That was a great... They showed it on the board on the on the game and Dubas had a good laugh about that, but it was, that was funny. That was, that was cute. Well, it would be easy for a kid to be Kyle Dubas because Kyle <laughs> Dubas looks like a kid, <laughs> know, so just stick the glasses on and go. Perfect. I know, I Perfect. know. I all right, well, all right. So listen. So so, yeah. so don't hit the. Are you telling us, uh, Lee fans, uh, not to hit the panic button? Is that what you're saying, Hebsy? Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly right. I mean, look. I don't think they're going to change. I mean, you know, Nylander, What's going on with the team now is not going to make a difference. Nylander is going to sign because he's not going to sit out this season. He's got the month of November. The closer he gets to the December first deadline, the more he'll, the more likely he'll capitulate. Did you think this would go into a November though? Like, did no, you no, think I, he'd be signed? In? When was the last time any NHL player sat out this right. length of time? Go ahead and tell me. I'm waiting. Who was the guy? I don't know. I don't know that, that, that didn't sign with the KHL or whatever and say the heck with you guys. Right. I mean, and the other thing is, when he does come back, he'll be the freshest guy out. It'll take a while. He'll have rust, but but come uh, April. He'll be fresh as a daisy, having missed, you know, 15, 20, whatever it is. That's right. All right, basketball. The Raptors hit the road. Listen to this. Yeah. Four games in six nights, okay, in uh, I think three, two different times. Anyway, so they got four games in six nights. They start tonight in Phoenix, which is I think is the, is the Pacific time zone. Uh, so they got the Suns. They have a day off on Saturday. Then they get the Lakers Sunday. And then after the Lakers game, they fly to Soul Lake City which is a different time zone, right. for a game Monday. So they got back-to-back or Sunday-Monday. Then they get a day off. Then they're in Sacramento Wednesday. Four games, six nights. So for Coach Nick Nurse, the concern is, of course, the health of Kawhi Leonard, who has been fantastic. And it's under- not like Nick's got that call, right? That's coming from upstairs, right? No, 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 that's the coach's Mas- call. Is that right? Sure, because he's the one. Not, uh... well, no, no, he's the one who doles out the minutes. But I'm sure they came to an agreement early in the year. That they were going to not, he wasn't going to travel for the first two. He hasn't been out of Canada since October 3rd. He's been in this, in this country. So he's going to end up in California, well, first Phoenix, then California, where it's nice and sunny and warm and there's beaches and all that. But that's another thing. It's that, do you need to have him for these back-to-backs if you want him fresh for the playoffs? And the answer, of course, is no. Let him rest as much as he needs. The second unit on this team is good enough. We'll be just fine. Once Fred Van Vliet's, uh, you know, uh, big toe gets uh, healed, we'll, we'll be okay. And nothing matters till April. Nothing at all. So here's what I expect. Leonard's going to play tonight for sure in Phoenix. And absolutely, because he's got a day off Saturday, he's going to play Sunday in his hometown. Well, his hometown, San Diego. He's from La Jolla, but that's close enough to the L.A. area. I mean, L.A. pretty much swallows up Cal- uh, San Diego and Southern <laughs> California. It's a couple of hours depending on traffic, but it's like... It's like Hamilton is to Toronto. It's not a long drive. 
And anywhere in between is the L.A. area, but he's from San Diego. But that's close enough. Anyway, um, so he's going to play for sure against LeBron and company. And then I figure Nurse is going to say, you know what, Kawhi, don't even get on the plane after the game. Go home. Have some home cooking. We'll go to Utah. The rest of the squad will go to Utah. We'll tough it out against the Utah Jazz, who really aren't that good a team at all. We should be able to beat them without you. And even if we don't, no big deal. We don't need that game. Stay in California. Meet us in Sacramento on Wednesday. So essentially, Sunday night, after Kawhi pours in 45 and 20 boards against the Lakers and they win and out and outshines LeBron, he goes, they say, all right, you're off. And t- we'll see you, see you Wednesday. We'll see you Wednesday in Sacramento. Maybe Tuesday night in Sacramento. Join the team there. Right. That makes sense right. to me. You're off Sunday night. It's Monday, you can hang out. Maybe check out, watch the game, watch your teammates play on, you know, on TV that night in Utah while you're resting in California. But don't do what Josh Donaldson did and no. uh, watch UFC. No, don't be tweeting out about UFC. Be yeah, then. don't be doing that. Yeah, can you imagine that? Can you imagine Kawhi Leonard tweeting out, I'm loving this LA Galaxy game in the MLS playoffs. This is terrific stuff. <laughs> Instead of watching the Raptors. <laughs> I'm, I am so glad that they're exercising uh, uh, on the side of caution here because, I mean, it really is. I said this last year, but now I really, really mean it. Yeah. Uh, and I meant it last year, too, but... Nothing matters till April, right. where we're going to be in the top eight in the Eastern Conference. Look at us cruising along. It's going to be fine. What matters is what happens in April, May, and if all goes well, June. Exactly right. Exactly. I look, I'd love to see them go 60 and 22, the Raptors, honestly. But, I, you know, I, we, you don't have to. Get to the playoffs and be healthy. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's the rest for Kawhi. That, my prediction is he just says to Kawhi, don't even go to Utah. Why bother getting on the plane? Uh, and, you know, doing that, just stay in California, stay at home for a couple of days. The only problem there is he get, he learns to love home again. The Clippers come oh, and yeah. go, the Clippers come along and go, hello, Mrs. Leonard, can we talk to Kawhi for a second? Yeah, we know he's here. And then before you know it, he's like, I don't want to go back to Toronto. That's I don't want to go back. Please, I don't want, and he holds out. He does that, he pulls a Willie Nylander or something Make like him that. rest in Utah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so in past seasons, you know, guys like DeRozan and Lowry would always play in like every game during the early season. Casey would give them lots of minutes, and then they were gassed when the playoffs came. Not going to happen with Nick Nurse. He's seen all of that. And also, Mike, Kawhi is so good, so good, that you want the best player possible leading your team in the playoffs. If you're going to go for a championship and this is your one-year window, go for it with Kawhi. Clay Thompson made 14 three-pointers as the Warriors buried Chicago the other night. He only dribbled nine times in making those 14 threes. You got that? He took a total of nine dribbles to make 14 three-pointers. Crazy. You've heard of catch and shoot? He's the be- Like him and Steph are like one and one A. Now, here's the fun part of the story, all right? The 14 threes that he made uh, broke a record set by his courtmate, his backcourt mate, Steph Curry. So here's what happens on the sidelines. Clay drains his 13th three-pointer in the fourth quarter. Place is going crazy. And the greatest three-point shooter in the history of the NBA happens to be Warriors coach Steve Kerr. 45% for his career. Wow. That's unbelievable. So when Thompson hit his 13th three-pointer, Kerr asked out loud on the bench, is that a record? Who's got the record? And sitting next to him on the bench is Steph Curry who goes, puts his hand up and goes, I, I got the record. <laughs> That's me. Perfect. So what happens? So, so <laughs> Kerr leaves Thompson in the game so he can break Curry's record. <laughs> he says, stay on in there because they're killing, they're murdering Chicago. They're beating, I think they're beating him like 128 to 63, something ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, no, leave him in there. Let's see. So that's a great little competition. So now I'm thinking, think of all the great three-point, like think of all the great three-point shooters. I mentioned Steve Kerr, right? But think of Steve Nash, Dana Barrows, Drazen Petrovic, Ray Allen, Dale Ellis, Del Curry. Oh, yeah. Del Curry was a phenomenal. Kenny the Jet Smith. There's tons of them. So many great three-point shooters over the years. 
And um, so I thought my, the trivia question would be, okay, let's talk about three-pointers and all that. So the question was, who's 267 three-pointers in a season was a record that lasted 10 years. And I'm going to give you some perspective. Mm-hmm. The record prior to the 267 was 217 by John Starks of the Knicks. So this guy beat the record by 50 53-point field goals, and that record lasted for 10 years and lasted through guys like, these were the guys, oh, oh I, maybe you want to guess who this is, Mike. Who yeah, this, I, you know what? My guess was going to be, now I'm changing, because John Starks, if he had the record he had the record at, by this guy. He had that, the record at 217, and the and, following year, the following year, this okay. guy had 267. Then my guess is Steve Kerr. That's my guess. No, yeah, and it's not Steve Kerr. Anyway, uh, Ray Allen broke this guy's record 10 years later by making 269 threes, so he beat it by a couple, right? This guy had the record. During that stretch, during the 10 years, mm-hmm. here, here are the guys who led the league in three-point field goals. But, but didn't have 267. Ready? Yeah. Reggie Miller, Gary Payton, Wesley Person, Ray Allen twice, Antoine Walker, D. Brown, Kyle Korver, and Pages Stoyakovich. Okay, not bad. And none of them could break the 267 until Ray Allen did it. Do you know? Do you want to take a guess? Yeah. He went 74 straight games by making at least one three-pointer. 74 games in a row. Uh, Shaq was his teammate. Okay, then it's... Uh... Yeah. Uh, was it Orlando Magic. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. But who? But who is the three-point shooter on the Orlando Magic? I should. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't. He's not. A, you know what? He averaged thirteen points a game for his career. He played ten years in the league. He was a good player. His name is Dennis Scott. Oh yeah. Two hundred and sixty-seven out of six hundred and twenty-eight attempts. All right. That year, he didn't even set the record for the most attempts. It was the record was set by George McLeod of Dallas. Six hundred and seventy-eight three-point attempts that year. Imagine <laughs> six seventy-eight. That record lasted for uh, twenty years until uh, Steph Curry broke it in 2015, 20. That's a lot. That's jacking up a lot of three-pointers. A lot of three-pointers. I abs- so Dennis Scott. Is the answer. Which, yeah. which uh, I absolutely love this new segment. Like, yeah. uh, in fact, now when you pitch that question at the beginning of the show, I'm completely distracted for the le- rest of the show, and my brain is trying to think of who could that be, and I would never have come up with the name Dennis Scott, right? That, which makes it a great question. But something, but a man, but think of all the great. I mean, there's so many. Larry Bird. There are so many great three point shooters over the years, right? Dale uh, Dale Ellis was a great three. But there's just so many of them. Um, because the three-point shot didn't come into existence until 1979, 1980. So all those years of Jerry West and Pete Maravich and Oscar Robertson, there was no three-point field goal in those days. And once they started with it, the scoring obviously changed. But, but interestingly enough, the leading scorer in the league doesn't score that many more points than back in the day when there wasn't a three-pointer. Right? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because the best three-point percentage shooters are, like I said, Steve Kerr, 45% for a career. Most guys, to get anywhere near 40% in your career, you've got to be a sensational shooter. Whereas if you're a big man like Will Chamberlain or Bill Russell or Jabbar, you're taking 10-foot shots, dunks. You're not, you're not jacking up the three, so it's a different, it's a different game. But anyway, I'll do that one there. Uh, Derek Rose, speaking of great shooters and players, was one of my favorite players for years. I'd say about a decade ago, eight to ten years ago. He was number one for the Chicago Bulls. My son, I bought him, I bought him a Derek Rose jersey. I think he was 10 or 11 years old. He wore it throughout, throughout public school, throughout junior high, throughout high school. He loved Derek Rose. We all did. He was the MVP of the league at the age of 23. Wow. He was a superstar player for the Bulls. And then the injuries began. Multiple surgeries on both knees. Two lost seasons to injury. Completely lost seasons. Did not play at all. And then two unproductive seasons the last two years with the Knicks and the Cavs. And many wondered why the Minnesota T-Wolves would sign a 30-year-old has-been 
who's got knees that are like, you know, held together with bubble gum and chicken wire <laughs> and laser. Why would they do that? Were they doing a favor, doing him a favor? What was it? So, and he's wearing number 75 for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, and he just, you know, who is that guy? His hair looks different. He's, he just doesn't, not the same guy. He's 30 years old. But you know what? He goes off for 50 points in a win over the Utah Jazz the other night. And then during the postgame interview on the court, like live on Fox, but they're also showing the interview in the arena, right. he, he, he breaks down. He cries. He openly weeps. And he thanks everyone for believing in him and how that 50 points was the most points he had ever scored in his career. All those years, leading the league in scoring, MVP, never had 50 in a game. And here he is at the age of 30 doing it. And every NBA player and fan seemed to love it. The tweets that came out for NBA players showed nothing but love for Derrick Rose, who rarely, if ever, gave a good interview or showed any emotion at all. And I think this is great for sports. Agreed. I love it when there's real emotion. Like, uh, this is a man who was overwhelmed by the, uh, the moment and, uh, and broke down in public. And there's no shame in that. That's uh, to be praised. And uh, I love it, man. I just love it when athletes are real. Yeah. And it's something that, uh, you know, there's no crying in baseball and stuff like that. I, I don't oh. know. I'm trying to think when I, you know, I'm thinking here's when Wayne Gretzky cried in 1988. Right. During the press conference that announced his trade from Edmonton to Los Angeles. The first press conference was in Edmonton. And Gretz has got a white and blue striped shirt on. And he's dabbing his eyes. And he says, I promise I mess, I, mess I, I wouldn't do this. Right, that's, I remember, yeah. So it was like, you know, the conversation in advance was, you better, not, you better not cry, Gretz. You better not, you know, cry. And it's like, you know, it's like my late mother-in-law once said, I'm not going to cry. When, when my son was born, I'm not going to cry. Well, why not? What do you mean you're not going to cry? You're, you're, you're a grandmother. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to show emotion. It's that stiff upper lip. It's that, huh. and this was a this is a woman. I mean, a, for right. a guy, it's worse, right? Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to show emotion. I'm not going to show. Hey, shows. You know, when you show emotion, you show how vulnerable are you. Show that you're a human being. That you're not a robot. That you really do appreciate this. That all that hard work that you put in to get the chance and have a performance like this, uh, and you know, and all those times wondering if you would ever even play again or walk again. You know, I've never gone through that. I, I, he's gone through it multiple times. The depths of despair, you know, coming back from an injury that's a career ender for most people and then having the surgery done multiple times, both knees. Oh, my God. So good for Derek Rose. And I wish him nothing but the best. And you know what? If you go, go on YouTube and look, go look at Derek Rose highlights and go, oh, my God, this guy, this guy was as good as Kobe Bryant was in his prime. This guy was as good as... See, Steph Curry's a different type of a player. He's a three-point bomber. I mean, Rose was not a great jump shooter. He wasn't a three-point threat. But, man, he was a slasher. He was a distributor. He could play uh, every kind of game. And a good defensive player, too. So, so go take a look at Derrick Rose from... Oh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 2008 to 2012. Before he had his first knee injury. That 50 is an interesting milestone for, uh, for points. Because like, I know, I remember I, I, when Vince Carter scored 51 against yeah. the Suns. And of course, that, that stood up for a long time. And then, because uh, I was at that game, so I remember very well. And then I remember T-Mac went off against the Clippers. He went off for 51 That's to right. tie. And I was at that game, and right. I remember, it was amazing. And then, of course, I was not at this game, but uh, DeRozan broke that record right. last season, I think, uh, 52. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like I wonder how many. Were you franchises- there when Kobe scored eighty one? No, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole different story. Uh, yeah, that's unbelievable too. But uh, I gotta say, uh, I, I I suspect there are franchises in the NBA without a fifty point scorer. I would think. 
That's a good question. I, I would think, yeah. Not, not that many different guys have scored 50. Although if you looked at the list of 50 uh, points in a game, you're going to see some, uh, you know, the Jeremy Lins, I think, of the world might have knocked 50. Outliers. Sort of like that. But it's the same to me as a guy who scores 50 goals in a season. Yeah. You got a couple of guys there. You got the Dennis Marooks of the world and a few others that knocked 50. And you go, how did that guy score? Warren, did Warren Young score 50 for? Well, Gary Lehman. Lehman, there you go. Like Lehman's a fifty goal yeah, scorer. There you go. Yeah, but you yeah. might have got forty back in that era. But so what I'm saying <laughs> to you is, but to, to score fifty points in an NBA game, even if they're feeding you all over the place, yeah, like they were with Kobe last year. What did Kobe score in his final game? Six, oh, right. Sixty yeah. over sixty, right? Yeah, yeah, crazy. So it's possible if the guy gets enough attempts at it, I guess, to score the fifty points. But uh, that's a good one. But I would be curious to know also uh, which franchise has the most different fifty point scorers. You know what I mean? Like, would it be like, does the Lakers have the most different people to score 50 in a game? No, see, Wilt would have not scored 50 for the Lakers. I don't believe. When, by the time he got to the Lakers, he was not a scorer. So I would say Wilt, Wilt's going to be the Philadelphia Warriors, which are now the Golden State Warriors. So if you go by franchise, okay. it could be the Warriors. It huh. could be Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. Has Durant scored 50 for the Warriors yet? I don't, I don't know. know. Um, you know, you can go back to Rick Barry played for the Warriors. You can uh, Wilt back in the day and then go back into the Philadelphia days. Well, Wilt would have been the only one, I think, because, man, he scored 100 in a game. So, But that's a good question there if anybody wants to dig that. Maybe Brian Gerstein wants to look that one up. Rapper's devotee and come up with, uh, come up with, uh, with a trivia. That would be, uh, that would be awesome. Um, so, yeah, good on Derrick Rose. And, you know, really, it's an opportunity to really celebrate the, you know, the great players. Look at guys... Look at certain, look at a guy like Pat, uh, uh, Patty Marlowe for the Leafs. He's 39 years old. I mean, he's not his best years are well behind him. But go back to when he was, you know, in his oh. prime. Terrific hockey player. We didn't get to see San Jose that much, right? He was a San Jose Shark for years. But in his early years, I remember because I remember I drafted him in a hockey pool one year. Right. Sensational. But we've all seen him on Team Canada too. Yeah. So uh, So, I mean, you know, you look at that and you you could appreciate a guy. He's in the twilight of his career now. And, uh, you know, it's not, he hasn't suffered the injuries that Derek Rose did. He was never declared, you know, you'll never come back from this injury. But still, he's 39 years of age and go back like any great player, go back and look at his highlights when he was in his prime. Do that with Derek Rose. Uh, really be able to appreciate a fellow. Um, so last night, after the Leaf game, I've got um, TSN on. So, so whenever a game is over, whether it's TSN or Sportsnet, they immediately, the game's over, they immediately go right to the desk, right? Right to it. Thanks for joining us. And they immediately show the highlights of the game that was just there. Yes, they do. And I understand that because you could have tuned in late. You didn't get it, right? They don't want you flipping somewhere else for your highlights. Is so, that because they know if you're watching, you are already a fan of that particular team like i think yeah, is that yeah. so you're basically you're fishing where the fish are right jays are the same right you're engaged you want a little bit more and you also know sense. you know that you're going to get your post-game report and your coach's comments and your player comments because your report the reporters from tsn are down in the locker room as we speak you know gathering that kind of a stuff so you stick with it so what happened was i don't know what time the game was over i think it was over i'm going to say like around 20 to 10 something like whatever so now sports center on tsn goes to the top of the hour where they're going to join the football game, the uh, one in seven Niners and the one in six Raiders or something like that. It's a terrible game, but anyway. So I'm watching this, and, and Jennifer Hedger's on, and she's giving the you know she's giving the highlights. You know the game you just saw, and here's the highlights. Here's what happened, blah blah blah. And then it's like let's go, let's go to Mark Masters who's standing by with uh, I forget, and then here post game report, and now oh, and now and they and they go back to the desk, and then they go okay, Mike Babcock now. Uh, Mike Babcock is going to speak and they do the Babcock's press conference and they go back to the desk and she does a couple more highlights and whatever. And then they're in the middle of showing the highlights of the Niners Raiders game. 
So, yeah, and tonight, no, 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 here's a touchdown pass, beautiful throw, and whatever. And then, they, seriously, so they're on the highlights, and they dissolve immediately. Jennifer Edger goes, that's it for SportsCenter, now enjoy the game. And they dissolve from the highlights of the Raiders-Niners game to a live shot of a play being run in the Niners Raiders game oh. that leads to like a touchdown. Oh. Like it was, and but it was like, but Jennifer Raiders going, and that's a gain of fifteen, and the score is, and now we, and that's it for Sports Center. Now let's join the game. It was like uh-huh. someone in her ears going, three, two, one, uh-huh. we're joining the game. So from there, I flipped onto one of the other TSN channels, TSN eleven or whatever it was, <laughs> and I see MLS right, and it's right at the end of regulation. It's in the ninety third minute or whatever, and it's one one between Columbus Crew and DC United, and I like DC. I like Wayne Rooney. And I like the Columbus crew, and I really like this guy that killed us this year, uh, Iguain. All right? This guy, whenever we played Columbus, Federico Iguain. And he scored two goals. And anyway, so now they go to overtime, and I'm watching this. I'm tired. i got a podcast to do tomorrow. But I'm really enamored by this game. And they go into a thir- the 30-minute overtime. And Iguain scores in the overtime, and it's 2-1 for Columbus crew. And instead of the place being quiet in D.C., in Washington, at this new, beautiful new Audi stadium, the place is mad, screaming fans. I mean, non- everybody on their feet screaming and yelling for D.C. United to come back because it's not a golden goal, right? You're playing a full 30-minute uh, right. um, 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 extra period. Right. So they come back in like the 123rd minute, Right, just as the uh, added time is ending in the in the, in the in the 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 final period, the overtime period, and DC United scores, wild with a fabulous shot, boom, ripples the twine, and they've tied it, and now they go to a shootout, and in the shootout, nobody could score, right? Like Rooney misses on his first one, and then it looks like Columbus is going to win, and then and then the 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 goalie for uh, uh, DC United has to make a save, and he does. He makes the incredible save in the fifth round. And now all the DC United guy has to do is uh, knock it in and they're going to go to another set of, of kicks. All he has to do is score. And he kicks it over top of the net. And that's it. DC United's eliminated. Boom. Columbus crew wins. Wow. Over. Just like that. Like, boom. And it was great. It was really, really exciting to watch. I really, really enjoyed it, even though TFC was not involved. And, and you, I mean, we have to go to some games, man. We've got to go and see uh, MLS. I'm thinking of going on the road to see an MLS playoff game. I don't know who. I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see Columbus Crew. I don't know where I want to go to, but I want to go somewhere to watch. Is that crazy? I'm no, going no, to. No, no, I'm going to England. I'm going to England already to see West Ham and Tottenham Spurs play. I know, but MLS playoffs. I'm jealous. You're going on this wonderful uh, trip to see uh, some Premiership <sighs> League. Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah, Premiership. Yeah, 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 yeah. excellent. We're going to we're going to see uh, Wembley. We're going to Wembley Stadium. We're going to go to the new Tottenham Stadium, but it, it's uh, it's not ready. yet. And when is this trip planned for? Uh, early December. It's coming up. Yeah, early December. I'm gonna we're gonna do, I'm gonna do this show. Uh, I can't I can't oh, do yeah. a, I You're can't not do a mon- I can't do a Monday show that week. Well, we can. Uh, I'll be in England. But I but I'll uh, I'll be back in time for the Friday show that week. So I might we might only. You drop might have one. to phone it in, <laughs> Skype I, it in. I don't know about that. I don't know. Okay, before we go, available free agent in baseball. Okay, so yeah, you're the Jays and you're going. Yeah, we maybe we could sign some. I mean, we got a bunch of young guys and a few holdovers, and we got to keep and Russell Martin's contract. We got to eat and Troy Tulowitzki's. But maybe baseball free agents. Would the Jays sign Bryce Harper? No. <laughs> Manny Machado. No. Josh Donaldson. No. Uh, outfielder A.J. Pollock of Arizona had a thumb injury, but he's a pretty good player, 30 years old. But outfielder, no. Nelson Cruz, the D.H., guaranteed 40 home runs. 
No, because we got uh, Kendrys Morales. Uh, Yasmani Grandal, the catcher for the Dodgers. No. Catchers we got plenty of. Mm -hmm. Michael Brantley, outfielder for Cleveland. If this guy stays healthy, one of the best hitters in the game, a 300 hitter, legit. What do you think? Take a chance on an out a free agent outfielder? I don't I don't know what the point is considering it's not like we can contend for a playoff spot next season, right? Like it just seems like All let, right. let the kids Okay. Uh So no free agents? Marwin <laughs> Gonzalez. Well, you need guys, you need Marwin bodies. Gonzalez, 29 years old, utility <laughs> play, can play anywhere. Anywhere. Could be a good second baseman for you if uh, Devin Travis isn't your guy or Whoever else you're going to play there. I don't know. What do you think? Switch hitter, 29 years old? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean he's, 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 no so he's no Solarte, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, good, no more Solarte. Were he's you happy? No Solarte. To hear that... Uh, I knew it was going to happen. I know. Are you kidding? Can you imagine them <laughs> signing that guy? Unbelievable. <laughs> but he had a bobblehead and everything. I know, I know. Uh, big game in the NFL this Sunday night when the New England Patriots host the Green Bay Packers. That would be Aaron Rodgers, one Super Bowl ring versus Tom Brady, five Super Bowl rings. Do you think Aaron Rodgers believes he's as good as Tom Brady? Do you think he's going, ah, man, if, if I was playing for New England, I'd have the five rings. I'm, a, I'm better But maybe than him. he's right. Like, it's amazing to think that Aaron Rodgers, but I felt the same about Brett Favre because he retired with one, right? That's right. Right. And I feel the same way with both guys. That I'm, I'm, if Aaron Rodgers retires with one ring, it'd yeah. be just like Favre. I'm shocked. What about Peyton Manning? One but he ring. had, uh, no, he, well, he had, had two. More. He had two. He picked one up at the end. That's right. He picked one up at the end. <laughs> with he the, picked uh, one up at the end. The, the, uh, the Denver. Denver Broncos. Picked one up right. at the end. But, you know, Dan Marino never won one, so I, what does it matter? I know that. No, you're right. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other big game on the weekend, the 8-0 Kansas City Chiefs in the Big Easy to take on the 6-1 New Orleans Saints. That'll be a good oh. one as well. And the Buffalo Bills host the surprising Chicago Bears. I couldn't think of their quarterback's name last time. I got excited. It's uh, Mitch Trubisky. He's terrific. Great young quarterback. Uh, Buffalo will start Doug Flutie at quarterback. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Rob Johnson. It'd We're not Rob sure Johnson. which one. <laughs> For sure, Rob oh Johnson. Oh, my God. <laughs> Buffalo quarterbacks. Okay, let's wrap it. That's it. Episode 49 of Hebsey on Sports. And thanks to our sponsor, John Vassos, the mortgage specialist. The housing market is getting hot again. Make sure you have a good mortgage broker. Make sure you have the best mortgage broker. The man who understands your needs and can get you the best rate. Call or text John Vassos at 647-533-1440. He got me a great rate, and he can do the same for you. Remember, John doesn't work for the banks. He works for you. 647-533-1440. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. He can be reached at Toronto Mike. You can get me at Man on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Tell your friends about the show. Tweet it out now. Tell them how good it is. We were number three on the iTunes charts this week. Number three. Please help us get to number one. Tell your friends. Write a positive review. Retweet. Share. We love you. Back with another episode soon. Until then, so long for now. <laughs>